Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Crawford on IT Radio on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, podcasting made simple for the uh, for anybody out there who wants to get on the internet and start broadcasting to the world. Blogtalkradio.com is a great place to go, and you are always always welcome to set up a free account and start uh, yeah start broadcasting to the world. We're doing things a little differently today. How, why I say that? Because normally I'm sitting in Calgary, and my guests are located anywhere in the world. Today it's different. I'm in Arizona in a little place called Casa Grande, Arizona. If anybody's listening and knows where Interstate 8 and Interstate 10 meet, uh, there's a little RV park there, and that's where I'm sitting today doing uh, our show. And my guest is in Calgary. So things are reversed today. Uh, just a couple of uh, things I want to announce first prior to getting into our show with Will today. is If you're an IT professional listening to this program, there is a great uh, conference coming up in Dallas, Texas. And given the theme of today's conversation that we're going to go into, and this upcoming conference, smbsummit.com. Sign up today. Use the promo code SMBWebcast. Save yourself 100 bucks. Get on the pro and get on that conference. Uh, I think we're sitting at about uh, last time I heard, yeah, about 200 or so type registrations. It's going to be a great place to network for uh, small business IT professionals. And the Microsoft Small Business Summit is coming up. Um, I think that's uh, this month, March 24th and to 27th, and that's all done online. We created a Facebook group this morning on that. So check it out on Facebook, uh, Microsoft Small Business Summit. And if you have any questions for our guest today, the phone lines are open now at area code 646-716-8372. And we notice we have a couple callers already dialed in. If you have a question, we do have the chat session open. Please feel free to identify your phone number that you'll be dialing from in the chat session so I can make sure I get you on the line. Because what we've done in the past is we've brought people on because they're listening to it either on their telephones and they actually don't have a question. So just avoid any confusion. If you have a question, you can email me at Stuart at StuartCrawford.com, MSN me, or open up the chat session inside Blog Talk Radio. Anyway, without further ado, I want to bring on our excellent guest today, and he's a good friend of mine. He actually works with me very closely. His name is Will Kriske, and Will just released an amazing book uh, for IT professionals, software developers, anybody in the IT business. And I guess, Will, Anybody outside the IT business can actually take some lessons out of this book as well and put them into practice. But Will's got this great book called The Wealthy Worker. It's uh, out on uh, ebook right now. And stay tuned for this show because we have a great special at the end for anybody listening to us how you can get this book, my goal setting for IT professionals book, and a great paper on success in uncertain economic times for one common price. Anyway, welcome to Will Krisky. Welcome to Small Business IT Radio today, Will. In uh, in Calgary today, uh, how are things up there? Tell uh, tell the listeners today a little bit about you, because you know what? There's probably a lot of people in the small business IT world that have never heard of Will Krisky before. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. Nice to be here. Um, yeah, I'm I'm basically doing uh, IT consulting right now. I'm an independent consultant. I, um, I I focus in the area of integration, so we're looking at B2B, you know, sending documents back and forth to partners, and internally integrating with variety of applications um, in the oil and gas and, and government type uh, industries. And um, just to give you a little bit of a brief background, what happened was uh, I got out of school, I had a master's degree, and I was working on a, in a company for a little over a year. And um, the company got bought, and I, you know, I was laid off um, for, you know, I got four weeks' notice, and 
it, it kind of set me back. You know, I came out of school ready to take over the world, and um, you know, I really had to look at understand like, what, what's happening. You know, with the industry, I'm like, you know, here I am with a master's. I worked really hard, and you know, what's happening. So at that point, I realized, you know, I was kind of out of control. You know, I wasn't in control of my career. I was, you know, other people were dictating what was happening. So I decided to kind of take control. So that's kind of a a quick and dirty of you know how I started end up going towards you know more of the consulting type of role. And so, well, you're doing uh, you know a lot of different things today. You're uh, you're software developer, a web developer. Um, talk about web methods because I think that's what you do. For lots of the people, you know, I never heard of it until I met you for the first time. But give us a bit of a rundown about what you do consulting wise because you're not the traditional infrastructure uh, service engineer. You're a little bit more of an on the application side. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um I've listened to some of your previous shows and you've you know a lot of the a lot of people that are listening and that are you know probably um you know they have their own small business, they provide, you know, like managed services and things like that. Um many times those people, you know, the people that start their business are technical, right? And they decide at some point, you know, they want to go and and start their own business. <clears throat> what I've found is that um you know, I wanted to stay technical and but still have some of the benefits of you know of owning the business um as you know as opposed to just the the strict employee type of situation and web methods specifically i was a web developer so i did java and you know web development for for um various companies developing web web applications and you know there's databases and that so it's basically been application development and i was at a company who had purchased this web methods product and just like you i'd never heard of it and it opened my eyes to a whole world of, of what you know what they call middleware. Basically, what ha- what happened over time was you know companies are buying each other out, and these companies have different applications. So, you know, over time, instead of every time you know writing your own code from scratch to send XML files and SOAP messages and and to interact with you know things like SAP and different ERP systems, different databases, mainframes, and that kind of thing. Companies like Web Methods, Tibco, you know, Microsoft has a product called um, BizTalk, and and it's it's these types of products have provided a, a, a layer of you know infrastructure middleware that does a lot of that connectivity. So, you know, your messaging, you got a broker, which, you know, instead of sending um, instead of saying, well, I'm going to send this message to five different applications, like if you have a customer, you know, a, a customer. Um, record and you want to keep five different applications in sync instead of sending them directly to those five and then when you add more and more and more you have to know about them you just send publish it to a broker and then the broker you have you have publishers you know publish subscribe and then the the application subscribe to that message they say i want to you know i want to know about that message so if you add another you know application that guy can say you know i want to i want to know about that message and that's the internal what they call enterprise application integration and then externally you know, more and more companies started exchanging files. Like EDI is pretty old, but it got into XML and SOAP. So you're sending messages back and forth to partners. And uh, now you're actually heading towards, you know, what they call service-oriented architecture, where you're breaking applications down into small services. And then to build an application, you're going to chain together a bunch of services. So it allows you to be really flexible and react to the markets a lot quicker. Than having to go to your IT and you know spend years developing software. So hopefully that helps a little bit clarify a bit. Yeah, you know I got I got I got it. It's you know it's great to have that background. 
and understand, you know, what you do well because that really helps position the listeners who are listening to us live on Blog Talk Radio or downloading us later uh, the MP3 via iTunes or whatever uh, you're using to listen to us while you're working out in the gym or driving in your car, a real for understanding of what you do because it helps position you as the expert and, and move forward here. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want, you know, one of the things I also like about you, Will, and what you do, you're an IT professional, and before we get into the content about that, you are also an entrepreneur, a serial-type entrepreneur, I mean, you, um, and you're a wonderful guitar player that I've watched uh, some of the stuff on YouTube that you brought up on that. But, you know, let's talk about business because that's what makes us, let's drive it, because let's drive the conversation towards business now is, uh, talk about your business experience, and maybe just talk a little bit about what you're doing on the guitar side of things, too, because it kind of all kind of plays together with what the topic of the book was about, uh, how it all came together. So you've got a great guitar, online guitar business going, plus your IT consulting. Share us a little bit about the guitar side, because that also plays into the creativity of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, my... My philosophy, you know, with work has been, you know, obviously, um, you know, when you're working, you're you're providing a lot of value towards, you know, to the to the employer and your 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 IT skills. But you know, most people have other interests. And I, you know, I started playing guitar when I was 11 years old, and uh, it's always been, you know, a huge passion. And you know, part of the benefit of the consulting, which you know we'll talk about a little bit later, is uh, when I was 36 a couple of years ago, I went back to to college for a couple of years to study, you know, jazz guitar. And uh, basically, you know, the, the freedom that, that allowed me to, and without worrying about, oh, you know, technology's moving so fast and I've got to keep up with everything, you know, I, I, I took this break and, and it was fine, but um, I just find, you know, it relates to, the, the book kind of relates to it in the sense that uh, I find a niche market, like everybody nowadays with blogs and Facebook and that, they, you know, they want to have their own little presence out there and say, you know, this is what I do, this, this is what I think, there's blogs and things, so you know, with the with the guitar site. Um, and the other thing is, like, related to services, like, I just realized that, and you, you've talked about this in the past, is that, you know, the you know, ultimate purpose is providing service to other people. So I, I've put up a lot of free lessons because I just feel like sharing the knowledge that I've gained, and that's related to the, you know, the ebook as well and, and my blog and that on the IT part of it is, you know, as you get older and you, you've learned things, you just want to share them with other people, and, you know, hopefully that helps them grow as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a core philosophy, Will, is uh, understanding how to service people. And uh, what book, I was reading a book this week about that exact uh, message. Actually, the book called The Go-Giver that Arlen Sorensen put me on to. Uh, oh, no, not to get together, The Go-Giver. And, um, and they talk about value and how to deliver value to people. So let's talk about The Wealthy Worker, because that's the book you just recently released in ebook format. So give us a little bit of the history, how this book came about, and what was the core... Uh, what, what really drove you to want to write an ebook or write a book in general? Basically, um, it, you know, it's, it's basically the, the empowerment and, 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 and helping people to take control of their careers because over time, I, I mean, like I said, when I got laid off and um, the other thing that happened was my, my dad died at, you know, I was around 20 years old. He worked his shift work in a Ford Motor Company and uh, I feel that you know, I kind of realized that you don't really want to be, you know, working and wait till 65. And and uh, so, I, I, you know, when I read a lot about the industry and how, you know, the relationship between the employer and the employee has kind of changed from, you know, working somewhere your whole life with guaranteed, you know, 
security and pensions and things to to more of short-term gain for, you know, we need somebody short-term and that. So I've kind of taken, you know, I had to understand the market, the you know, the industry. And, and, and now I, you know, I, I see people that they're, you know, they're very talented, but they just don't, they don't um, take control of their career. They don't, they're more, pro, you know, reactive than proactive. And so it, it's just a passion for me to, to help people take control of their career and, you know, actually design it it's like part of your you know your goal setting it's like are you working somewhere and then you know you get laid off and you go to the next job are you looking at you know what am i gaining at this particular employer where am i headed you know from that so most of my passion has come from just seeing you know just wanting to help people um you know get that freedom like i mean with with contracting if you can make more money and you could have you know some maybe some more time off and more balance in your life so that's kind of where I'm at with the, um, you know, with the, some of the interest in starting this ebook. Well, that's great. Well, I mean, I love that. Uh, I love that story, uh, and, and it's it's wonderful. Now, George Bush was on CNN this morning talking about the uncertain economic times, and I actually released a white paper a few weeks ago on having success in uncertain economic times. And we've got again, we'll get into it a little bit later. We got a great package. Uh, available for all of our listeners to take advantage of today with combining my my books and your book uh, afterward. We'll let we'll announce that in a few minutes here. But you know, well, the wealthy worker is a, a good stepping stone for us in the IT business to survive this uncertain economic times. So let's face it. When the market's good, we usually do well because all people are looking to grow and, and bring new technologies and solutions in. And when the market's bad and we know it's in a bad uh, turn or a recession or whatever word you want to use, it's also good for the outsourcer because people want to do more with less. They want to outsource that and pay for that service as they need it or whatever. So we do well in, in the consulting world. It's right now, Will, where you know, we don't know if it's going to go up, down, sideways, backwards, forwards where it's uncertain and we struggle. Uh, so let's talk about how we can survive this uncertain economic time using some of the strategies that you talk about in the book here, uh, the external factors, the external focuses that you want. You mentioned five of them in the book. Maybe we can d- d- drill down in those five core areas. And we had Jim Estill on from Phoenix a few uh, months ago talking about you know the niche market, having a niche. What's your take on, you know, developing a niche market and being, uh, you know, becoming an expert in that niche? Yeah, as far as the recession goes and planning for that, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few factors that I personally, you know, can talk about, but one of them is, is the niche market, and I talk, you know, that's, the, the e-book that I, that I wrote and, and, and it focuses mostly on specific things that you can do to, to you know, so you turn, to make more money, double, triple your income, like, you know, going consulting. Um, and, and I don't get into a lot of some of the mental issues, you know, as far as, uh, your mindset, I do talk about that a little bit, but, um, as far as the niche, it's one of my key strategies and it has, you know, it has a lot of impact on different areas, but my, like when I mentioned the web methods, um, product, I, I discovered that when I was working, you know, if I said, well, I want to, you know, I want to raise because I, I work hard or I'm smart or whatever, you know, that just didn't work. It's basically, I was told by one company that, you know, the market value really is the, is what dictates um, the rates. And so, you know, how do you determine market value? In my mind, you know, I came up with the idea to, to focus on a niche market. 
And that kind of follows the scarcity principle that's talked about. So with web methods, the product costs you know millions of dollars in most cases. You can't download it like Java or .NET where you could just go download it and play with it. There's, so it's really hard to access it. The, the training is quite expensive. So my focus has been on you know, using a niche market, finding a niche market, and that's where I'm, you know, with the web methods, and, and that's also right down to a product level. Right? And the problem is a lot of people are afraid to specialize. They, they want to cover all their bases, you know, and uh, they'll know a, a lot of different products. But for me, I found that the best way to get the rates is to, to have a niche market. And also, when, when economies go down, like into a recession, people will bail out of certain industries. Like, you know, when you had the, two, you know, the crash around 2000 in the IT, a lot of people that had gone in there just for the money kind of bail out, right? So there's always, you know, right now in my area, there's a ton of work, right? Whereas, well, you know, you know one, one of the things, you know, not to cut you off there, but one of the things I want to kind of comment on about specialization is we have a better chance of being successful if we become a – a master in what we do instead of being a jack of all trades. So you know, the old, the old thing, a jack of all trades and a master of nothing, right? right kind of, yeah. You're kind of going along that same that same mindset, aren't you? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And as far as like relating to the to the recession, you, you can't look at the recession just as you know as it's on its own. You have to you have a mindset that when things are good and you're making money, you're going to be saving that money, right? I mean, whether you have a business or you're, you're going to be putting that cash flow. I mean, you know, you're going to invest some of that back into the business. But you're, you, you know that things are cyclical, right? And so, I mean, like when I was telling you, I went back to school for a year and a half. I mean, how could I do that, you know, at 36? Well, I mean, do you ha- does, if you're talking about people that just, you know, are workers, employees and, and contractors and that, do you have, you know, even six months of salary that you can live on, Right. And, and there's more, you know, so part of the, you know, I talk about negotiation and that in, in the book as well. And part of, part of that mindset, which affects everything, is, is your debt and your, and your attitudes about consumption. Because if you're looking for a job or, or going to a client to get work, in your case, like with, with people that have actual businesses, larger businesses, if you go in there with that desperation, like, I need this you know, I need this, this, this project, it comes across, right? It's going to come across to, you know, during negotiations or just during the sales calls. And so... Absolutely. We had, one of those, we had one of those yesterday, Well, Carry on. Yeah, so I feel that underlying everything I talk about is this attitude where I've got, you know, I've basically got no debts. Um, I save money when, when things are good. And if I'm if I'm in between a contract or you know in, a, in the case of a business you you know you're there's a bit of a struggling period um, I'm not worried at all I, you know and the thing is with the recession and, and some of the fears you, you have to focus on on yourself what you what you can do you, you just keep doing the same things you're doing a lot of times when people think about a recession they'll actually start changing their beliefs like you know there's no point in going to make a sales call or there's no point in applying for a job because or looking for a job because there's no work out there right and you just got people blame the okay, that's when people blame the external factors and what we're talking about is they let they blame the external factors for creating the situation that they're in instead of 
taking advantage of it. Let's face it, well, much oil at $100, $111 a barrel. Pretty yeah. good for uh, us people in Calgary. But uh, the rest of the world complains about it and, and blames the high price of oil on why they can't uh, do half the things in their business instead of yeah. taking action and figuring out other ways of doing things. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely, you know, sometimes you need to make adjustments, but I look at a lot of things, like even sales and that, is you, you're just following the system. You know, you're going to, you know, you're, you're, calling, your, you're calling your clients and you're, you're, you're checking up on them every once in a while. And, and uh, in my case, you know, you meet with people and you network every once in a while and keep in touch with people, and you just keep that system going, right? And um, you, you don't, you don't adjust, you know, you don't think too negatively about things and you don't change, you know, majorly how, how you do things. You just focus on what you can do. I mean, there's things where you could retrain. If, if you know, if you could get your skills, some of your skill sets up, you could take some courses, you know, in various areas, technical or, or sales training and, and things like that. But a lot of it comes down to, um, like I say, living within your means at all times so that you're never on the edge, like if things go down all of a sudden. Like if you're making, if, if you start making, you, there's tons of people out there, they start making tons of money. They win the lottery, they make millions of dollars, and they'll spend it as if they're always going to be making that money, right? So you, you want to be, be putting, you know, putting money away for that rainy day. And you know, everyone should know that you know, there's, there's cyclical behavior you know, in, the, in the markets and in general in the economy. Absolutely. I mean, the market go up and down, and uh, and so does business success go up and down. You know, one of the things you also mentioned uh, as an external factor, Will, is uh, product salesman. Now, maybe you want to go into a little bit uh, detail about that. Are you talking about you becoming a product salesman or dealing with product salesmen? Okay, so, yeah, the the the, the book that I was talking about, I, I mostly talk about the specific, um, you know, the specific strategies that I've used. So the niche market, it was, it was say in the case of web methods, or I've, I've mentioned TIBCO, which is another uh, middleware product for integration. You've also got the SAPs and the ER, and like the other ERPs, like the uh, JD Edwards and some of these big expensive you know products. Um, so once you once you you know I talk about how you can sort of determine which product you might have you might already have that uh, experience. Um, so the next step is to actually. To, to get to know the product salesman, so not becoming a product salesman, but to, to be friendly with them and create a relationship with the product salesman. And that might be even before you, you've determined what, you know, what, uh, what product you want to work with. So if you think, well, geez, you know, I, I want to learn a specific uh, product you know, that uh, looks like it'd be successful, you know, how do I, what do I do? So what, I, what I've done is there's always local salesmen. I want to just you know, emphasize that. In every city, you've got salesmen who sell that product. So in my case, the web methods product, you know, there's salesmen that are in the general area or the region. So you, you contact those people, and they'll help you in so many ways. They can tell you, you know, which consulting firms, use, you know, provide those services, which clients have actually purchased the product. And they'll, you know, I've, I've actually been given client information, like people who have actually purchased the product, you know, the decision makers with their numbers and their email addresses. I've got soft access to some of the software, um, you know, and so they're really invaluable. If they're, if they're in the client, if they just, you know, sell the product to a new client, well, that client is probably going to need consulting services, right? So, they're, you know, they're an excellent resource to keep in touch with on an ongoing basis. 
So that was, and, and actually my first contract, I received it because the salesman knew a local firm that had just started up, a small startup consulting firm who was offering some services to an oil company. So that's, that's kind of my second key point is to, to uh, you know, be friendly and create a relationship with these salespeople. Well, 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 we even talk about it in the small business consulting uh, in the, on the infrastructure side where I play at is have those strong relationships with your vendors. Yesterday, I mean, I'm down in Arizona, and yesterday uh, I took a ride in the Phoenix and, and went to visit SonicWall's uh, new call center and where all the inside salespeople are, and they told me that I was the first partner ever to come and visit. And I, that's just something I do naturally. So if I'm in Mississauga, I go to Microsoft and all my, and my uh, partners in, in the Toronto area. If I'm down in Redmond, I pop by at Microsoft office in Redmond and pay visit the people. Because when I need them, they're there for me. Cause you, so I'm creating that relationship. And many of us in, in consultants, IT professionals, or whatever business we're in, even if you're in the transportation industry or you know whatever you do, we have this sort of sense of entitlement that you know that we're the customer. You know, in reality, we are the customer to Microsoft and SonicWall or WebMap and to whoever we're dealing with. But you know what? It's a, it's a two-way street here. You know, many of us sit back and demand and expect things from these from our vendors or companies. You know what? And they, then they sit and ask me, you know, during a mentoring session, you know, why am I not getting any traction in Microsoft or Sonical? And I always ask, well, what have you done to create that relationship? And it's amazing how many don't do anything well. So I love this approach that you have in the book about getting to know the salesmen or the product salesmen or, you know, the companies and creating that relationship. Because in my white paper that, you know, is available part of our package, I even talk about that as you need to create a relationship with your vendors because that's the critical thing. Uh, it's success in their business. Creating a relationship with your customers and your clients is equally important. And it's a 50-50 relationship. Many of us fail on – many IT professionals and consultants and not – Fail on that side, Will, so I love what you mentioned there. Is there anything else we can expand upon on that one topic there about, you know, creating those relationships? Well, no, I just agree with you that the when I mentioned about salesmen and how they can help you, is that you, you know, you, you do your best to help them as well. Um, in, my, in the case of, you know, the web methods and some of these, there's not, a, there's not a really strong relationship between the product. Like, we don't, it, it depends. If, you know, you can actually, some of the small, usually the firms, small consulting firms or, or regular consulting firms will actually create a partnership. I'm coming in as an independent, so I don't have as you know necessarily. Um, I didn't you know have a, as much of a need to create the actual partnership, you know, the the formal relationship. But as far as you know, working with the salesmen and the, and the product salesmen and vendors is to give and take, you know, a win-win for everybody. So you can, you know, you can try to help them as well, because the way I feel is that when I'm providing my consulting services to a to a client, you know, I'm I'm in some ways an evangelist for the product. I'm in there. I'm you know, I'm 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 getting the the product implemented correctly, and and so you know you try to emphasize that it's a two-way street. You know, between you and the product salesman, they may help you, you help them at times as well. That's that's pretty much the bulk of uh, you know what I want to say about the sales aspect. Well, one last thing I can add on there, Will, as well, is that uh, ask your sales reps how they're compensated, because if you can play into how they're compensated, they'll bend over backwards for you to help you big time, because. Uh, they much rather work with somebody who understands, how, you know, how they're compensated, what their bonus on, what, you know, how they meet their numbers, and that's uh, critical. So what the next thing is, I'm assuming that consulting firms kind of go along the same way and understand, 
you know, what consulting firms out there that you can offer your services to and, and partner up with? Yes, it's quite an important, uh, you know, aspect to this whole thing. And uh, in, in the case of, um, you know, a consulting firm, if you look at a client who who needs, you know, in my case, they bought web methods and they, they or they or something like that. They generally need some services. They can hire employees and have them internally do the work. They can hire contractors, you know, for a short-term basis. A third option is to hire a consulting firm. And sometimes with the um, the consulting firms, you know, there's a project that has it's, it's an important project and it's got some st- strategic importance, and they they want a company behind this project that you know you know can can deliver and be liable for for the delivery of the project. So you can go direct as well as a contractor or through a through an agency. In, in my experience, you know. Um, the going direct isn't quite as ideal because the client sees you as an independent consultant and, you know, they think, well, this person doesn't have any overhead. You know, they're at home. They can come in and work in our office with our computer and our, in our you know, internal network. And basically, you know, so they, and they might have some standard rates for that. I've experienced that myself. And then, like I mentioned with the consulting firms, is that they, they generally charge fairly high rates and so you know and if you look at the big companies like IBM and and even web methods themselves provides professional services which are the you know the highest rates that you can you can get because they're the ones that created the product i've found that, that financially it, it makes the most sense to subcontract underneath one of these firms and like i, I was listening to some of your previous uh shows and you know it's a tough, it's a tough haul. If, you, if you're technical, especially if you're technical, you've got the whole e-myth concept where technical people decide they want to start a business and they're not really salespeople and they could develop those skills. But if you want to, if you, if you go with the concept that, you know, you should focus on, on your strengths, it's, it's very difficult. You go into a client, you've got to convince them to buy the product, to, to buy your services. And they may have other ideas. Like in some cases, you know, I have a spreadsheet, I can do all this, I don't need a database or I don't need that application. And it's a you know it's a tough sell, and so what I found was the consulting firm has bid on a project against all these other competitors, and then they win the pro- somebody wins the project, and they realize well they need somebody to do my specialized skill, right? So I come in with pretty much you know minimal marketing effort and overhead. I didn't have to work on the proposal for months and spend tons of money. So I come in, and and the other thing is related to consulting firms is that. Um, I just wanted to mention that if people are trying, if thinking about, oh, I, you know, I want to learn one of these products, a consulting firm can be a way to get exposure to learning that product. So you could be an employee of the firm, you could be an employee of the client directly to get, with the whole goal in my case, in my mind is with the employee, is that you want to get, you want to learn something. You know, for anybody who's an employee right now, it's, you know, there should be some purpose behind it. You, are you trying to get exposure, you know, some management experience? Are you trying to get exposure to a certain tool set? And, and there should always be kind of goals behind that, right? So if, if you're thinking about, you know, you want to learn one of these products, you could definitely go through a consulting firm as an employee. But the other aspect is what I'm talking about with the contracting is that I've been finding it's, it's best to go through, you know, th- through a, a consulting firm. 
Yeah, that sounds fair. I mean, partner for successful. That's I mean that's the most important thing. Is you're partnering uh, with consulting firms, or you know, even in the back. Next, the last topic there was uh, you know you're partnering with product salesmen. I think the underlying message here is uh, is a step out and create relationships. Gets back to creating relationships. And that's the key motivating factor here. Is if you're creating relationship with a product salesman or with a consulting firm, the important thing is to create that relationship. And yeah, I think the relationships is very important. And you know, my philosophy has been it hasn't really been a competitive philosophy. Um, some people, you know, they if you go into a consulting firm and you're sort of a if you're basically an expert in the in, the, in a certain area. And those, that company's going to have other people that might be on the project with you, and you know I always feel like it's a win. It should be a win-win for everybody. So, in the case when I was mentioning with the consulting firms, in the case of a niche market, that comes back to the benefits of the niche market is when when they when they bid on a project, they'll often win the project just as a whole. You know, they're a strong consulting firm. They've got a good reputation in the area, and uh, the client will hire them because of their experience overall with project delivery, you know, architecture, project management, and stuff like that. But there might be specific technologies that they don't have experience with. So what I've been finding is that if a consulting firm wins a project, um, they don't have, you know, they might not have the web methods expertise. So they, so they, you know, the contracting is basically what they need to do. They're not going to hire an employee. If they win a six-month project, right, they're not going to hire they don't really want to hire an employee in that specialty because they don't know if they're going to get more work after that. So, you know, I've been finding that when the consulting firm, then maybe the next time a different firm wins and they don't have the experience either. So that's kind of where I fit in. Well, it's definitely one of the uh, the key motivators uh, to uh, success, especially now in the uncertain times, especially if people are not wanting to hire employees, all the, you know, all the stuff that goes on with employees. You can kind of just fit in there very nice so well and, uh, and move ahead. So what's the next thing we want to talk about? I think something um, you're mentioning rates and you know getting paid for again. We and most importantly, we want to get paid for the services that we do. What uh, yeah, the, what area can you what can, what can you expand upon there when it comes to you know getting paid for the services if you're billing hourly or per project? What what do you recommend? The the two the two next topics you know are related to the hourly rates and the and the negotiation aspect. Um, if you get once you get to that point. One thing I just want to mention with hourly rates is that a lot of it is really a mental attitude because everyone's used to getting paid kind of a certain rate. You know, if you're an employee and, and um, you know, you, you've got certain salaries and you expect that you might get a, a few percent raise and maybe if you go to another company, you'll jump up a little bit. But you, you generally have a, a, a feeling for kind of the range that you, that you might get paid. And if, if you think, well, I, want to, I, I like to make more than that, you know, I want to get into six-figure area, you know, you might consider, should I be a project manager or should I become an architect or something like that? But the key thing is really is setting a goal, you know, and thinking big. I mean, you, you've probably read that magic, you know, magic of thinking big, is that the, just the, the idea of getting more money is, is really a mindset, it's just it's like you know if you say well in my business my small business next month I want to generate you know x you know hundreds of thousands um, of revenue right then you start you start thinking about how do I do that right how many sales calls do I need to make and you know how many deals do I have to close right so the first the first concept 
with rates. And when I talk about people making more money, it's some you know I talk to a lot of people and they just can't. They're not even in that world of like say just pick a number like a hundred hundred dollars an hour. To, to many people who are employees and that and haven't really thought about it, you know they would go you know that's insane. There's no way I could get that. If, if same thing if you work at a higher level. You know, if I told some, if I told you, you could be CEO of Dell and make, you know, ten million dollars, you know, in bonuses or something. A lot of people, they just can't, they don't see themselves in that world, you know, at those rates or in those positions. So that's kind of the first limiting factor. Like one of your previous guests talked about us being our own worst enemy, and I think that, you know, that's true in most cases. But to be specific, when I mentioned about the this product salesman and and the consulting firms is that you need to do a little bit of research on what are the rates, what what are the reasonable rates in your industry for, for those products and, the, and those services. Like, in the case of Web Methods, I found out quite a few years ago that, you know, the professional services that that, that they offer, they were over two hundred dollars U.S. an hour. At the time, there was a huge exchange rate difference. You know, from U.S. to Canada, it was like twenty five, thirty percent. So, for for somebody hiring a professional service consultant from web methods you know you'd be looking at 250 or more an hour it's just crazy right i mean to think about that so it gives you kind of a ceiling as far as okay that's that's what some clients are actually paying for those services and then you get down to the consulting firm level if you look at the ibms and things i mean i I don't know i don't want to talk about specific rates that companies are offering and i don't know some of that but you know a reasonable estimate would would be Somewhere around 125, 150. If you have senior senior developers and things like that, so getting to sort of getting to understand those rates and to get comfortable with them. You know, if you're sitting in a room and you ask somebody for, you know, 100 dollars an hour, and I mean, before you can do that, you need to believe that you can that you should get that, that your services are worth that, that people are getting paid that, and start to understand those kind of numbers. We often uh, really undervalue our service as well, especially in the consulting. And, you know, I did that in my early days. Is I would often find myself thinking, the, the clients or the customers would never pay that. Uh, I don't, or I don't believe I'm worth that. And you mentioned a good book, you know, The Magic of Thinking Big was, was a great book to read. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned ebook a few times, which is another important book for um, IT consultants to pick up and read. But, you know, it's very important to really understand what your value is in the market and never underestimate what your clients or customers will pay for your services. Um, you know, it's all about testing and measuring, and you may want to test, uh, do some research. Uh, well, you know, you know, when you were doing web methods, you mentioned $250 an hour. I mean, you know, that's remarkable. But you know what? That's the standard rate for what you do. Uh, I have to often see IT professionals way uh, looking at themselves way under value from what they're really worth. And of course, the other side of the coin is that there's some that are overvalued. So it's really kind of find that happy, uh, you know, that happy ground there, where you know the clients are happy with the service that you're providing, and you're getting a good business. And uh, I find very important also to set your rates uh, in an area where you're going to prevent the tire kickers. You want serious business. How much? You know, I don't know. Will you maybe comment how much time have you wasted with tire kickers? Uh, you know, just shopping you around. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, like with the um, with the rates, just a couple of things is like some of the rates that that I get and a lot of people get. You're not going to see those rates posted. Um, you're 
I get calls like as far as tire kicking, I get called by you know outsource agency outplacement agencies and outsourcing firms and headhunting firms and stuff like that all over the states. And if you go on some of the internet job sites, some of them actually post the rate. Now, if you if you think about if you lump everybody who does programming, you know, software development, as into a big lump, a pile, and just say you know they're programmers. You, if you go, I, I've gone online and seen positions for you know even web methods, thirty five bucks an hour and stuff like that. I mean, and and when, and when they call me, um, and, and plus you've got a placement agency in the middle taking a bit of a a markup on it, but. They just those rates aren't aren't advertised, and so um, you gotta you know there's you, you can't accept what they're necessarily proposing. But as far as like clients go and that, and consulting firms, it goes back to the win-win in that. And when I when I talk about getting a large percentage of the hourly rate, it's not because you know I know that the the consulting firms want to have make profit, you know, and, and and they might have a rule, a general rule with their employees, you know, two or three times. Their you know markup to 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 make the profits, but like I say, with the niche market, I think well, there's a lot of people on the project, and and you know they, there's a specific need for my services. So so the rate comes into kind of a you know it's a difficult skill set to find. We we need this this person to to make the project successful, and um, you know I still you know like I say if somebody's charging you know 140 bucks an hour like a consulting firm. And you're taking, you know, and you're getting 100. It's like the win-win in my mind. You know, the person's getting 40 per hour, which in a year would be, you know, $80,000. So, you know, everybody should. And, or the other thing is, when you're in a consulting firm and you're providing your services, you're you're potentially training some of their staff, and 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 even the client. You know, if you're at the client site, so over time these companies will become self-sufficient. So I know that it's a short-term potential opportunity. If I'm in one consulting firm and they've just discovered this market, you know, it might take them two or three years to get some internal people up to speed and knowledgeable. And so it's a win-win for everybody. I, you know, I make some good money. These people are getting some internal people trained up, right? Well, that's so true. Well, you know, win-win is, uh, you know, the key to success. And, you know, let's focus now on, you know, the economic times that we're in. I mean, you create a win-win relationship with your clients. You provide them value for the service. You create those uh, relationships that stand those, you know, barriers of, you know, the economic uncertainty. You, I mean, it's it's hard to really fail, uh, Will, and and you and I are a, a living testimony to to that. Is you know what? It's, our businesses continue to thrive even in this marketplace that others are finding it hard and they're struggling. I mean, just watched. Uh, you know, President Bush on TV this morning talk about that and on CNN and the uncertainty in the in the economy and how that's going to play out. So let's talk about your book, Will. I mean, and this is your turn to your 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 five minutes of the spotlight to plug the wealthy worker. Uh, you know, if somebody decides to go online and buy our bundle, what are they going to get out of this book? And you know, what you know, how are you going to help them? Well, the 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 reason I provided this book was I wanted to provide specific steps that you can take that people can take to to make more money. Now, you know, when I talk about money a lot on my website and the blog and that people some people respond negatively negatively to that. They have there's issues with money, you know, wealthy people are unethical or, you know, greedy and things like that. And the way I look at money is that it it enables a balanced lifestyle. 
it enables so many things. I mean, the reality is you got to work, you got to make money, you got a family to support, and so my goal has been to make you know as much as possible. And I mentioned you know with my with my father dying and that that I kind of realized that you know life is short. You don't want to. You know, I I really don't buy into the whole wait till 65 to retire. You got to find things you like doing now, have more balance in your life. So, but what I found with a lot of books on consulting is they go through kind of the administrative um, steps, you know, like, oh, you, you know, should you incorporate or stay sole proprietor, you know, do you, you know, where to find a lawyer, an accountant, and stuff like that. They don't really, they don't really talk about, um, you know, what you can do specifically, you know, to, to, to be successful um, in, in the consulting world. So I wanted to provide really specific steps that people that people can take. And the thing is, you know, I'm looking at people that are technical, like um, they're programmers and that, but they don't necessarily want to start a business and become, a, you know, an owner of a business with employees and things like that. They just they just want to stay technical, do their work. And I find so many so many developers they're so technical and they're so smart. They they love working on problem solving. So they'll go into a company and they'll be just happy you know, doing the programming and solving the problems that happen on a day-to-day basis. And they, they're really not thinking about their own career. They're, they're, you know, they're not looking at themselves. They're helping them, you know, definitely helping the employer out, and they're, and they're providing good value. But they just need to have a little more focus on themselves, too, like where are they headed. And um, so I'm trying to, you know, I've tried to provide the specific steps. And, and the good thing in my case is that, you know, I'm doing it right now, and these are specific steps that I've taken. And, like, I also talk a little bit about um, asking for, you know, asking for what you want. I, I'm, I'm pers- like right now. I'm actually working remotely, and part of that was because I asked for for that opportunity. And um, I've, I, I talk. I've actually in one of the chapters in the book. I go through every job that I've had, and what I've learned from it, and, and, and sort of how it led towards, you know, the consulting world and the mindset. Uh, when I first got laid off, I read a lot of books about the industry, and uh, it just sort of tried to understand it so I like to pass that information on to the to the readers and give them some really practical information about what they can do you know to 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 to, to be successful and well you know what I love uh, the point that you you mentioned about asking and uh, no matter what you do in life you always got to ask if you're a salesperson you got to ask for the business if you're uh, an employee, you got to ask for the raise. If you're, uh, you know, whatever you do in life, you have to ask. And, you know, people are not going to deliver things. I mean, I always talk to my my wife every night about our relationship and how we can make it better. And I always mention her, you know, if you want something from me, you have to ask. Because you know what? Your spouse, your employer, your contractor, your people you work with, they're not mind readers. And they have no idea what you want unless you ask so, Will, I love the point that you brought. You bring up. Uh, you bring up that critical component to success, and especially right now when the economic times are really uncertain, you never assume what your clients want. You have to ask. You know, what can I do differently? What can I do better for you? You know, where can we go next? You have to. Con- you know, your success is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask, Will, and I'm sure you found that in your, uh, in your travels. Yeah, like, like I mentioned, mostly in, in the ebook, I talk about specific steps you can take, but in reality, when I talk to people, you know, on, a, on the projects that I'm on, I realize the majority of the problem is, is their mental belief systems and their fears. I mean, 
if you if you want to ask your boss for something, a raise, or you want to work at home one day a week, you're probably going to say he's going to say no. They might fire me because they're thinking I'm just after money or or whatever, right? So you're you're shooting yourself down before you even you know before you've even asked. And and related to asking, it, it kind of falls that that final step that I mentioned, which is the negotiation. I'm not, I'm not an expert negotiator, but the, the basic philosophies are you have you know you have your your uh, your low, your middle, and your high. So you know you, when you ask for something, you, you might have your goal would be, hey, I can work five days a week from home. That, that, that's what I'd love. It'd be amazing. The low would be maybe one day a week, and the middle might be three days a week or something like that, right? And so if you if you go in there and he says, you know, and you you start with the high and you know you work your way down, or maybe you start with let me try one day a week and see what happens, right? And the the problem with the asking, and it comes back to what I talked about with regards to um, debt and consumption and that kind of thing, and it's just attitude, is what if you ask and somebody says, you know, they say no. What are you going to do? So, like, when you're negotiating or you're asking for anything, you have to kind of think about what happens if, you know, if they don't accept what I'm asking for. If you decide, you know, I really work my, I work really hard, and I want, you know, this much of a raise. I think I deserve it. I've done some research, and you know, the salaries are this and that, and you come up, you know, you're totally prepared, and your boss says no. You know, what are you going to do? And so, one of one of the key things when I, in, in all the stuff I write about is really taking control and some empowerment of the of the people. And I've been in situations. I, I was in a two two situations where, you know, the company I was at said you know, we don't base it on, you know, effort and performance. We're basing it on market value as far as raises and that. So I went out and I found some job postings on salaries and some contract rates and I showed them, you know, the next time. And they said, well, if we pay you that, everyone else is going to want that. Everyone else is going to want to go into web methods in our company. And and I said, well, you know, you told me that market value was what, what it's based on and now you're not, you know, you don't want to pay that. So then the question is, well, what do I do? And in my case, I had to leave. I mean, it was a principle that I had said. You, this is what you said, and I did it, and then you didn't follow through. I've had another situation where you know we were negotiating on a rate for the, for the contract, and they said this is the rate, take it or leave it. And I'm like, well, there should be a negotiation, right? Give and take. And they just said, nope. You know, this is the rate. And I said, okay, see ya. You know. So p- part of the ability to do that and to walk away comes down to so many other factors, is obviously mindset and all that. But having you know not having tons of debts, not being desperate. Because you've spent all your money and you've, you know you're, you've gone into huge debts and things, so that 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 kind of forms the core, is the debts and the, and then the, the mindsets. Just thinking big, doing your research to, to you know obviously you want to be providing the value that you're trying to get from the employers, but when you ask, you know there's you've got to be able to. And, and the other thing with asking, like related to what you were talking about, is the sales aspect. A lot of salesmen go in, they just talk, right? This is what we do, and they don't even know really what the client. Is, I've seen that even in the case of web methods where people come in, show all the great stuff that it can do, the new, the new, you know, components of it. They don't even ask what the what the employers, what the clients doing, and, you know, what and to feel, to figure out what they might need and then tailor some of their services towards those needs. Absolutely. Well, one of the things I want to kind of circle, uh, cycle back on a little bit is the asking. Uh, you you read the Four Hour Workweek from uh, Tim Ferriss, correct? Yep. Well, you know, one of the things you mentioned there is um, getting back to kind of you working remotely. 
uh, is also uh, the old strategy of begging for forgiveness before. It's easy to beg for forgiveness and just ask for permission. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think there's some truth to it. And in, 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 in his talk about um, asking, in, his, in the area about asking, he mentions that reality is negotiable. And I think that's pretty key because I think people, you know, they kind of look at the world and, and they believe that's the way it is. You know, these are the, these are the salaries that programmers make. Everybody's got to drive downtown for an hour and back in rush hour. You know, bosses don't want us to work remotely because they want to see your face. And so there's, there's all these, these concepts about the way the world is. And, and you know, Tim, Tim Ferriss mentions that the reality is negotiable. And, and he, you know, he talks about how, when you ask, you know, how to, how to present it in a way, like when I mentioned, you know, you start with a day, maybe see how it goes. And related to the, the working remotely is that you have to, um, if, if, when you go to work remotely, you know, the, the people have to be able to manage, to measure what you're doing. Like, if, if you're a boss, like on your side, Stuart, like if you, if you have people working at home and you don't really know what they're doing, like, you know, what did they get done? Can you measure what they're doing? You're not going to really want them to be working remotely, right? And, and I mean, you, oh, yeah. so in my, you know, in various cases, you have to be able to show, like, I'm getting this done, I'm getting these reports done, I'm getting these proposals, I'm making these sales calls, and, and sort of gain that trust. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I, mean uh, I, I work remotely a lot, and, uh, you know, I love it because my mindset is I don't have to actually be sitting in the office to be productive, and I can get just as much done on the telephone or on instant messenger or email that I can do ever face-to-face. There's always a need for face-to-face, Will, but, uh, you know, definitely uh, having that face-to-face contact can also be a hindrance in some ways uh, from the speed of delivering and getting things done. So we've got a few minutes left, Will. Let's talk about what we've done here to help the IT professional, the consultant, software developer, the contractor out that needs to, uh, you know, wants to get that little bit of a kickstart. We've got your book and my goal-setting book and a white paper that I've written uh, we're bundling it all for everybody uh, to take advantage of and to uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, grow their business and their uh, and their consulting uh, practice with. You got your wealthy work uh, wealthy worker book that you mentioned uh, throughout the last hour, and I've got my goal setting for IT professionals book, which has been out for about a month or month or so now, and we've got a great white paper on success in uncertain economic times. Uh, how to really come out of uh, you know the market that we're in right now and be successful? Some really good core principles, uh, Will. And I'm sure we can get it off your website, thewealthyworker.com. You can definitely get it off my site at stuartcrawford.com, and that's S-T-U-A-R-T, Crawford.com, for $24. I think it's a, uh, a steal of a deal, Will. I think you know if we look at the value that these books are, it's well over $100 if they are in print. Uh, you know, well, well, what can you know? In your view, you know, the person is listening, saying they and they rush out to our website to purchase this. You know, I, I believe it's a good deal. So, you know, what did, what are your comments on that? Yeah, I think that the like as far as the value goes, I, I honestly, you know, I've known I've known people that have done some of the things that I've mentioned, and you know, they've they've honestly, in one case, they've tripled their income. I mean, if you're looking if you're looking at somebody who who makes seventy thousand a year salary, and you know they go to make two hundred thousand. Not only that, they've got a company, a corporation, which pays pretty low taxes, and they get you know pay themselves dividends. So, the the value there, it's, it's huge value. 
it's huge, huge value. value. It's not just, you know, it's not the value of the time. I mean, you look at the time we spent putting this together and, and organizing it, but and the experience that we've we've gained. And with with your book, with the goal setting, I've been finding like I, I I'm fairly productive and I've gone, you know, I've done a lot of things that I wanted to do. But when you set goals, and that's part of what I talked about with the rates and that, you have to, you know, be, you can't just say well vaguely, you know, I want this and that. You have to set some goals and some timelines. And you know, if you get some a coach even to to make you accountable so that you can, you know, follow through on this. So with this book, you know, you pick up the book, but you also pick up yours with the goal setting, and you combine the two, and it'd be, the power would be incredible because instead of just being reactive and taking your career day by day and just see what happens, you're actually designing your life, you know, in the, you know, in the business sense uh, over the next, you know, five years. You set a goal, and you figure out how to do it. Yeah, and, it, you know, the books, the books are up for sale right now on, uh, on my website for sure. That's uh, www.stuartcrawford.com. I think you'll have yours up soon, Will, if it's not up there already. Uh, Will, yeah. I want to thank you for coming on uh, and talking with us today. It's been great having you uh, on Small Business IT Radio. Um, you know, people are inspired by what you have to say. How can they reach out and, uh, and contact you? Well, the best way is through my website, thewealthyworker.com. I've got a blog. You can read that and you can comment on it. I'd love to hear your input. If you've had successes and found different ways of you know finding success, um, you know you can you can provide some comments there. You can my my uh, you know my emails up there. My contact you could uh, contact me at will at willkriski dot com. You can check out the website. There's there's some contact information there, and um, I, I, you know I say as Stuart as well. You've got some some good blog posts that people can read up on and, and get exposure. I've also got some books that I've recommended. A lot of them, like I say, a lot of the mindset changes I made was from reading these books. So I put some links to some of the books that I that I felt were really valuable in that career. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I really thank you for taking time out of your morning to uh, come and talk with us. We're out of time for uh, this week. Uh, again, next week on uh, our show, we're going to have uh, a crew on from Microsoft uh, talking about uh, Windows Small Business Server 2008. So that's next Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, uh, noon east. I know it's Good Friday, but we decided we're going to go ahead with the show anyways. And uh, if you can't listen to it live, we'll definitely be available on download off of blogtalkradio.com slash SMB. So that's next week, and we've got some great shows in the works with uh, Ken Thorson, uh, Why Sales Managers Succeed. Uh, being there's tons of great stuff in the pipe here, and uh, I encourage you to check out our website at blogtalkradio.com slash SMB. Go to my site, StuartCrawford.com, or Will's site, TheWealthyWorker.com. Pick up that bundle of books because for 24 bucks, you're going to, you know, it's, it's huge value. And, again, Will and I are on the same mindset. We want to create things of value and price it accordingly that everybody can afford it. And, you know, we're, you know, we, yeah, we know we're business people. We, want, we like to make, uh, you know, get, get to make some money for the value that we deliver to the market. But, again, we're also fair people, and we want to make sure that, uh, Everybody's getting some value for what we do. And, um, you know, I welcome you to visit my site and Will's site uh, and, uh, and subscribe to our blogs. We them. You can find, subscribe online there as well. Will, thank you very much uh, for your time. And uh, we'll see everybody next week on Small Business IT Radio. And uh, have a great week next Friday. 